Hey there, thank you for tuning in to the One Organized Mama podcast. My name is Janelle, and I am One Organized Mama. This episode is the OOM Paperwork System. So I encourage you to follow along with the OOM Paperwork System Guide available in the One Organized Mama Etsy store. There is a link in the show notes. Or if you have the Etsy app on your phone, I encourage you go over, check it out, and download it. It will include two different digital downloads upon purchase. The first one is a six-page colorful guide, which is the exact guide I'm going over in this episode. The second download is a one-page sort of cheat sheet, I think I called it, the paperwork cheat sheet. So the reason I created the cheat sheet was this. The actual guide itself is pretty colorful and can probably take up quite a bit of your printer ink. So if you choose to print it out, just be aware of that. Um, You can certainly just keep it as a reference, like on your phone or on your computer as you go along. The cheat sheet, the one page, is something that I encourage you to print out and then put it in a place where it's going to remind you. So your paper planner, your bathroom mirror, on your refrigerator, I don't care where you put it, wherever you will see it, and it will remind you to go through these processes. Because again, it is not the pretty baskets and bins that organize our life. It is our daily habits, our weekly habits and our monthly habits. It is our habits that we implement. Those are the things that help us have an organized life, not the stuff in our life. So I'm going to go through each page of of this guide. Again, like I said, I encourage you to go on and print it out or purchase it, print it out yourself. I try to keep things very, very as inexpensive as I can um, when it comes to these guides and these resources. So this guide, I want you to think of it as if we're in a coaching session together. So you can stop this episode at any point as you sort of go through to implement these. Go back, listen, um, use it as a resource however you will. Um, Again, that's what it's meant for. Uh, You guys have been so fantastic and phenomenal giving me more suggestions um, if you have suggestions, I highly recommend that you reach out to me directly. Um, I'm on Instagram at One Organized Mama. I do go in there and scan read a lot of the messages that I get, and I do implement a lot of the stuff that you guys suggest into this podcast. And also, if you want, send me a direct email, oneorganizedmama at gmail.com, and give me some more suggestions, things that you guys are looking for to help organize your life, how I can, again, make this podcast more interactive for you. Okay, so let's get started. As you open the guide, you're going to come to page one. And on the very top of this page, this is where I talk about a paperwork drop zone. So what is a paperwork drop zone? You know how I've said in the past, so if you've listened to me before, you've probably heard me say Every item in your home needs a place where it belongs. So every item in your home needs a home. Because if you don't have a home for every item in your home, then that stuff becomes clutter. And that's what we all experience. I experience it myself. And one of the biggest 
clutter bugs is paperwork. This was one of the top things that I got requests for when I was organizing client homes back in Las Vegas. And it's one of the topics that a lot of you guys reach out to me about. So let's talk about paperwork and drop zone. How do we create a home for it? I'm going to walk you through that exact um, process of how to do this. But it begins with your paperwork drop zone. So right now, you are probably kind of thinking about where do I keep paperwork? You might have paperwork on piles in your kitchen. You might have it shoved in kids' backpacks. You might have some of it in your purse. You might have some on your nightstand, your coffee table, your end tables, and potentially, if you're like my husband, he likes to keep paperwork sometimes in the visor of his car. So you might be similar and you just have paperwork in a lot of different spots. Well, the very first thing I want you to focus on is creating a paperwork drop zone. This is a home for where your paperwork belongs. It's all that little paperwork that's like homeless right now and you give it a home. And the home that I use in mine is simply a drawer in my home office, in the desk in my home office. Now, when I was in Las Vegas and we, I'm the mom of three and the kids were home more and we just had a lot more activity going on, I actually just went to Target and bought like a really cute wire bin. And it went into a cabinet in our home, and that's where we collected the paperwork. That's where, when we did the 20-minute tidy and the kids came home, they knew the paperwork went there. Did I have to remind them? Yes, I did. I'm not saying (laughs) my children remember this or my husband remembers this. We, I give reminders consistently. So, or I just gather it up myself and put it in there and deal with it. I'm a little bit of a control freak when it comes to the paperwork in our home, so I freely admit that. Um, but at least when my family needs something before I'm able to go through and do the decluttering process, if we're looking for something, usually I know exactly where it's at. It might take me a minute to kind of shuffle through some of the different items, but I generally know where it's at and I know where to find it. It's not this panic of like, which pile is it in and digging through garbage bags and recycle bins and, you know, going through. I I don't want you to have to face that. So I promise you, if you create one stop shop, a place where all of the paper goes, drop it in your drop zone, it will alleviate a lot of stress and headache in your life. So start there, my friends. Now, do you have to get super fancy? No. I know there are a lot of products out there. One of the most common that I saw in a lot of client homes was the sort of like family command centers. And these are really neat products that have like the whiteboard or chalkboard with a calendar and different slots for paperwork. But what I really honestly found with a lot of these products out there is that number one, they weren't being consistently used. So like if I went to a client's house and it was August, 2022, I would notice that like nothing had been written on that since July of 2021. So those are definitely something that seemed like a great idea at the time, but we don't always keep up with all of those. And the reason why is because sometimes they're a little bit overcomplicated. Um, I know I've done a lot of research out there on different paperwork organization systems, and there are some 
fantastic ones, but again, a lot of times there are a lot of steps. So I am here to eliminate a lot of those steps. Let's just keep things super simple and that way you're more likely to actually stick with it. So again, your paperwork drop zone doesn't have to be a family command center. It can literally be a basket or bin or a drawer and you can choose where it is. If you do your paperwork, you pay your bills, handle all that stuff in your bedroom, and you want that drop zone to be your nightstand drawer, then sister, more power to you. Do what works best for you. All right. So again, one quick note on the paperwork drop zone, get into the daily habit of gathering all the paperwork throughout your home and placing it in one spot. So you might be thinking at this point, great, Janelle, you should see the tsunami of paperwork that is coming at me right now. So I don't even know if it'll fit into a drawer or a basket or a bin. Well, I'm here to tell you there is a next step. And if you look at the bottom of the page, you're going to see some sorting signs. Keep, trash, shred, recycle. So you know how we've talked about those lovely habits that we have to implement in our life? This is habit number one when it comes to paperwork. This is the sorting or decluttering process. And I want you to keep it very, very simple. You can take four post-it notes, write keep, trash, shred, recycle. Truth be told, I usually only do three of these. Trash, um, keep, and recycle. I don't shred stuff. I just don't. I don't like shredders. Let me go on my little soapbox real quick. I don't like shredders. I think they're super messy and just a pain. And one of the other things I can't stand when you're putting it in, it's like I've just put one piece of paper in and they get all gummed up and stop working. And then you spend all of this time kind of going through trying to pick out the little pieces of paper from the the cutting part and stuff. And then it's all over your carpet. And it's just, there's such a pain in the butt to me. And I know they're a pain in the butt to a lot of people because I know going into client homes, um, I would see be confronted with bins or big black trash bags full of items that needed to be shredded. So I know I'm not the only one out there. Yes. Are there items that should be destroyed and not just tossed in the garbage can? Yes. But In reality, I know sometimes people like kind of overdo it when it comes to the shredding. And so I encourage you to, when you're done with the shredding, just deal with it, shred as little as possible so that it actually gets done. That's my little soapbox. So anyway, back to this process of sorting. How does this work? Well, I want you to choose a day or time of the week once a week. Try to do it the same, like if it's a Sunday afternoon and that's a day that you don't have a lot going on and it's a great way to kind of prep for the upcoming week. And perhaps that's going to be your sorting slash decluttering time for your paperwork. What I want you to do is, again, write down on little pieces of paper. Don't get fancy with this. Don't overcomplicate this. Keep, trash, shred, recycle, or whichever one of those combinations you would like to use. Go place yourself at your kitchen table, on your bed, 
at your desk, on the floor is great. A lot of times I do this on the floor because it can get a little messy. Place those um, signs in front of you. Take your drop zone, so all of the paperwork you've gathered for the week, and I want you to quickly work. You're going to pick up a piece of paper. You're not going to overthink this. You're not going to get up until you are done. Now, if you kind of struggle with this or if you're first starting out, again, I encourage you to use a timer when it comes to this. The timer technique is super simple. You can put any increment amount of time on it that you want. I encourage you not to go beyond 20 minutes just because you just have more chance of getting distracted and then you'll walk away and, and you won't come back till like the next day or later and you're just gonna have like a bunch of uh, paperwork and clutter. So 20 minutes is ideal. So again, you have your sorting signs in front of you. You're going through your paperwork. You're picking up one item at a time. You're going to come across an item that you're like, oh my gosh, I have to deal with this. Let me call this person right now. I encourage you to not do that until your little session is done. It's okay to put that in the key pile on the very top, but I encourage you to sort of keep going. I mean, if it is super urgent, then just go ahead and end your paperwork session at that point. Toss the stuff that needs to be tossed and then go ahead and deal with the keep pile. But if you can, just hold off on that. And I say this as you're going through a decluttering process through your home. A lot of times people will start a decluttering process, find something that's like, oh my gosh, I've been looking for this, run off, and then they never come back to finish their decluttering session. So stay put if you can. All right. So this is simple. Again, we are not overcomplicating this. We are not overthinking this. You pick up an item and it either goes into the keep or it is trash, toss, recycle, shred, whatever. Simple. Go through until every item in that drop zone has been dealt with. So go through. And again, if it's something you need to do something with or you need to keep it, where does it go? The keep pile. Again, we're not overcomplicating this. All right. So once you've gone through all the items, again, deal with the items that need to be taken out. Throw away the trash immediately. Again, shred immediately. If you insist on shredding, now is the time to get the shredding done. Take out the recycle to the recycle bin. So on the next page, here is where we're going to deal with your keep pile. So relax. You've kept a lot of items. A lot of times what you're going to find first and foremost as you go back through this keep pile is this. There's going to be items where you're like, oh, I don't need this. This isn't keep. It's expired or it's past or it's irrelevant. (laughs) Excuse me. So you may put it in another sort of toss aside to the trash. So this is where you're going to tackle the keep items. Again, we want a place for every item in your home. Again, I don't want you to overcomplicate this. I know there's a lot of really wonderful complex systems out there, but you're likely not going to stick with them. So let's keep things simple. All of the items in your keep pile should fall into one of two categories, either active or archive. I like to, again, keep this really simple. So as you're going through, 
active is something that is like urgent, something that you're like, ooh, I've been looking for this. I need to do this. I need to handle this, deal with this right away. And side note, it's kind of funny, isn't it? Aren't we supposed to be living in the digital age? And it's amazing how much tangible paperwork we still get into our lives. So there's still this influx and it's still something that's very important that we have to deal with. So let's deal with the active. So again, active is like urgent, something that you need to do, you need to handle. It's something that needs to be taken care of. You need to do something with this. Archive, on the other hand, is something that you need to keep. I always think of it like this, like, you know how you get something important in the mail from like your insurance company or a bank, or maybe of like an investment fund or and it looks important, and there's no way on earth you're going to sit down and read this document, but you should probably keep it just in case. That's really what I kind of like to think of when it comes to archive. It's just sort of the like, this looks important. I'm sure I should probably keep it. Obviously, there are other items that you should keep, like birth certificates, um, any kind of legal documents. Um Again, anything that you need to reference. Um, so perhaps you have like a, a calendar or a schedule of events that is coming up over the next year. That's something obviously that you'll want to hang on to. And you don't need, need to necessarily do anything with, with it, but you feel you probably should keep it. Those are the archive items. So again, active archive. Another way to think of it is active is short-term, something in short-term, archive is long-term. And one more way to think about it is active. I like to think of active as something I need to do within 30 days or less. Like this is something I need to deal with in the next month. And archive is, eh, I can deal with this in like a couple of months or six months down the road. So active, archive, you're too different piles. Now, what I want you to do is take two more pieces of paper and write active on one, archive on the other. Now, as you're looking through this, again, this was something that I was creating for clients. I'll talk about the binder. I know it says in here, household binder. This is something that I really do. um, I used for many, many years. In fact, I will probably get back to using it. I made a major move just this summer across country. And um, I actually got rid of my household binder in this. I went ahead and tossed it just because I felt like everything in there was for a life in Las Vegas. And we're moving and we're down to one kid left in the house. And so I'm kind of figuring out my active system a little bit. And right now it's a notebook, a paper calendar, and my desk drawer. So but that might be a little bit too much for for some people out there. So if you like something that's like tangible, I really do encourage you to get like a household binder. And if you're interested in, I have some really cute printables, you can reach out to me and um, I'd be happy to um, let you know how you can access some of the printables. I used to have them on the website. So again, active is just a place that we're creating at home, a household binder, which is just a three ring binder is a really great place to start. And archive is a filing system. So don't jump ahead. That's going to be coming up. 
But right now, we're really going to deal with that active paperwork because that's kind of the stuff that you want to deal with anyway. It's the stuff that's like, you know, the reason you couldn't sleep the other night because you're like, I have that thing coming up. I need to handle it. It's the stuff that just is kind of on your mind. So let's do, let's deal with that. So whatever your system is when it comes to dealing with active paperwork, again, I'm going to go from like the household binder perspective. I want you to go ahead and create some categories um, that are going to help kind of keep you organized. So for me, I have a to do like I have paperwork that is like, I need to handle this like we were driving (laughs) through Florida, and we apparently went through a toll somewhere. Um, And they have like a little picture of us sitting in in my husband's truck, and I have to pay this toll fee. So that is something that is like a to do must to get done, because if we don't get that done, those charges jump up quite a bit. So that would be something that is to do. Also, this is great for like prescriptions, doctor's appointments. Like I just had an eye doctor appointment. I need to order glasses. This is a piece of paper that the eye doctor gave me and it is on my to-do list. So I have a section in my desk where it's just to-do paperwork. So when I open my drawer, I see it to-do. I need to handle this stuff. Some other things that are important that come into our lives are things that have to do with our finances, budget bills. So again, just like that lovely little ticket we got for going through a a toll somewhere unpaid, um, we have to pay that. So that's something that would go with budget bills, the finances. And I have a section where I handle that stuff, sort of collect it, and I have a system for paying our bills and staying on budget. School stuff. My goodness, my kid has a Chromebook for heaven's sake, and I still get a ton of paperwork, which is fine. I mean, I'm not saying like everything should be paperwork free. Kids need to know how to write and stuff. So, but there are definitely items that need to, that come in. Again, it influxes stuff from school. Some of it does need to be kept as reminders and such. So a school section is great. Work, sometimes I know for me with my different businesses, sometimes stuff comes in and I need to keep it to handle for work. Coupons. I mean, I, I, you know, I love a good coupon, man. And so I know some of you guys do out there. And I'm not talking about like the coupon people that have like these super like cool binders of coupons and such, but we always like something and and I try to actually with any kind of discount card or coupon, actually try to keep that like in my wallet because I will notoriously forget to use it and find them all the time that they've expired and I've completely forgotten about them. But something else, like a lot of times like recipes will come in. Again, a lot of those things are like paper, like we'll see them in a magazine or um, we like to do the the HelloFresh. Um, a lot of times those will come in and I'm like, ooh, this was a great recipe. Upcoming events, um, maybe you've picked up a flyer in your community or your church or again, your kids' schools or in your neighborhood. You've kind of collected stuff that's like an upcoming event, something that you want to keep. Catalog items. This is something, I know a lot of people still get catalogs. I actually haven't really received any catalogs for quite some time. Um, But this is something that still happens. And again, depending on generations, I know sometimes 
not generalizing, but I am generalizing. Older generations tend to keep some catalogs. I encourage you, just like I did with my clients, don't keep the entire thing. Just tear out the items that you want, recycle, toss the other part, and put it in again with your to-do paperwork. So if it's something that you're interested in purchasing or researching or whatever, you just have that page and it's not taking up so much of your space. So again, whatever your system is, um, again, a household binder, if you just don't have one, I encourage you to, to get one. Just go pick up a three-wing binder, use one that's already in your home. If you put in those um, clear page protectors, that is a great way just to put stuff in. You can get fancy or not as fancy as you want with creating it and getting super cute and creative. Um, but definitely have a system for keeping your active paperwork. But as you probably well know, the to-do is the most important part of it. And again, for me, it is a drawer in my office that is right next to where my drop zone is. And that way I can make sure I implement those to-do items into my calendar and my notebook where I like to actually write stuff down and, and keep everything organized. Now, also real quick, again, those family command centers. If you do have one, this is a great way to start using that again and implementing that. So again, you can have a, one of the, the little pockets or dividers or shelves say, this is a to-do to and this is for school and this is bills that need to get paid. So you, this is a great way to sort of organize those is in the active part of your organization system. Again, I would not use those for a drop zone because they usually don't have enough space and things get really messy. But that is a great way to implement one of those. I call them family command centers. I'm sure they're called a million different things. But you know, those things that have like the different areas to put paperwork and supplies and write stuff down. Okay, moving on to the next page. Let's talk about archive. So what about all those papers that, like I said, you go through and you're like, this seems like it's important and I probably should keep this, but where and how do you keep it? I encourage you to do a color-coded filing system. Again, we're keeping this simple. You can order online from, you know, pretty much anywhere. You can go into most um, uh, office supply stores and they have different colors of the hanging file folders. So that's what I'm talking about with the um, filing system. So get a drawer or you can just get a bin. I actually don't like filing cabinets. I have something against filing cabinets. Even the cute ones, I just the I think they're so ugly. I just use two like um they're just small bins and I have one kind of meant for work and one that is meant for personal items. And here is how I encourage you to label or to create your archive system. Again, stuff that you just need to reference, stuff that you don't need to deal with on a regular basis, um, stuff that you just need as a resource. Red. If you can find some red hanging file folders, vital, important. These are like important red. I want it to stand out to you like 
I need, these are like where our legal stuff are. This is where, you know, those important documents are. So red is great for legal. Green, what is the color of green? Money. I know I have a lot of international listeners, so... <laughs> Maybe some of these references don't make sense. I've, I've realized I was looking at the analytics the other day of my podcast, and I think I have um, uh, Britain, Canada, Australia, Germany. Wow. Hey, hello to Germany. Super cool. What a beautiful country, by the way. Um, and so some of these references may not make sense to you. Don't, again, overcomplicate this. If it doesn't make sense to you, do what does make sense to you. But green in America, when we say the color of green is the color of money, so green, financial. I used blue for home and auto. Again, it was just kind of what popped into my head. Yellow was sort of the like, yeah, this is like important stuff, but like not vital important. Um, so we still wanted to kind of stand out. And this is like school stuff, memberships, maybe even some hobby stuff. Now, I do have two other colors on this page, and they are orange and purple. These are other. So a lot of times what I found when I was working with clients is that they just had like, maybe they had an investment property, and they kind of wanted to keep those documents separate from the others. Or they had a, a side hustle or a small business or whatever, something going on in their life where they just needed to keep them separate. So I put orange and purple because those were the color file folders I had at the time when I was creating this. But again, don't overcomplicate this. But let's dive into these a little bit. So what would go in? Here's sort of a guideline. And again, this is a nugget of information that I want you to use when creating. I just want you to create a place where things belong. You don't have to follow this to the T. Just like I'm sure you're listening to other podcasts from other professional organizers out there, and you may take a little bit, like a little nugget from them, a little nugget from me, a little nugget from someone else, and kind of create your own system. I want it to make sense to you. I want it to be simple because if it doesn't make sense to you and it's not simple, you're not going to continue to use it. But here are some guidelines if just to kind of get you started. Red, again, vital, important. Perhaps in this color, you want to put some medical, legal, maybe even passports if you travel frequently. Yes, passports and documents like certificates should be in a fireproof box ultimately, but sometimes we just don't have those things handy, so we put them in a red file folder. Now, This came up to me when I was doing this in a coaching session. Someone actually thought you put everything in one file folder. No. When you purchase file folders, you get plenty. So you can name them whatever you want. You can get as creative as you want. But no, this is not like you have five file folders. You have a, a set of color. So you have maybe 10 red and eight blue and six green in your file cabinet or your filing system. So again, let's not overcomplicate this. Now, another thing about labeling that I want you to notice as I go through this list, um, for instance, when we get over to yellow, I have pets. And as... 
as cruel as it may sound, I don't put my pet's name on our uh, filing system. And the reason is this. We lost our beloved Scout. Um, We're coming up on the one-year anniversary. I swear I still cry over that dog. And about a month after he passed away, I could not live without a dog. Neither could my youngest. And so we adopted a new pup named Brady. Now, with everything going on in my life this past year, moving, losing my beloved little precious yummy scout, um, would I have really taken the time to go find another um, little tab, go to my label maker, which I didn't even bring with me to Georgia? No, I would have kept that as scout. And, And then have been like overcomplicating and overthinking this in my mind when it came to Brady's record. So when we adopted him from the rescue, they gave us a ton of paperwork. And thankfully, I just have it labeled as pets. So out came Scout's records and in went Brady. So pet. Same with a car. So my husband uh, recently got a new vehicle. So totally different kind of vehicle than he got than he had last time. So we didn't go from like, you know, Acura to, you know, Chevy, because again, keeping things simple, we just put auto or car. I have a different kind of car than he has. So everything in the car slash auto file related goes in there. So we don't have to change labels as things change in our life. So keep things very generalized when it comes to labeling. Don't get too specific because like I said, the fact of the matter is, is then when you find these changes or new seasons in your life, you're not likely to go and create a new label. I know you're going to say, yes, I will. I promise you, you probably won't. And if you're like me, a little OCD, it'll bug you that you have one handwritten label sticking out and all of these really lovely printed labels. So back to the labeling, we've gone over vital, important, red, financial, bills. I mean, if there's bills, like if there's a bill that you pay, you know, semi-annually. So again, it's not like I have to within 30 days, create a file for that. Investments, taxes, which I'll get into a little bit deeper. And any kind of banking. Again, if you have different banks or different investment funds, um, by all means, label those however you feel necessary. Blue, home auto, so home insurance, auto insurance, homeowners association, uh, warranties, and product information. So let me talk about product information. What is that? So you know how you buy, oh gosh, what did we buy recently? Um, We bought something, oh, like a coffee pot thing that was kind of (laughs) complex. And so sometimes when you're undoing the packaging, you're like, this looks like something I should keep. Um, go ahead and keep it if you if you must. Just like if you need to reorder a part or something like that, go ahead and stick it in like a product info file. Or, um, but otherwise, as we all know, everything is online these days. You can pretty much find any part or whatever for the most part through um, some kind of online search. But if you're like me, sometimes every once in a while, you're like, I feel like I should just keep this just in case. Don't keep everything. Don't keep every bit of packaging. Uh, Don't keep the user's manual, especially again, something like a coffee pot. Like obviously we know how to use it, but just in case like something, 
you know, we need to reorder a part or something, you know, that part's okay to keep in your file folder. Again, a reference. All right, again, yellow, just some ideas for your yellow section, school, pets, travel, hobbies, work, church, memberships, and voting. All right, so again, the other colors, the purple and the orange, or maybe it's pink or whatever colored file folders that you find and can purchase, create your own. Again, some of mine are work. Some are things that are not quite personal, That, but it's I don't want them in with my personal information. I want them kind of separate. You can do either a completely separate a filing system. And if you are a small business owner, I highly, highly encourage you to do a completely separate file system from your personal. Like don't put your personal financial stuff in with your uh, business stuff. Keep keep all of that separate because I will tell you from personal experience, it's a nightmare if you have to try to find it. Okay. So how long do we keep the paperwork? Like how long do we keep stuff? So let's go over to the next page. And I won't go through all of this, but let's just talk about the categories. So I won't name everything. If you're interested, again, go on, go go get this um, printable, this download, and you'll see. But keep forever. Again, these are the things that are like the birth certificates, you know, if, you know, my grandparents passed away, my father passed away, we've had to deal with some probate issues in our family, our extended family recently. So it's been important to keep some of like VA records, um, death certificates, estate planning type of items. Those are sort of the keep kind of, I say, keep forever in quotation marks, which are you know, until something has been absolutely resolved from it. But obviously, you want to keep, um, you know, different things like that. Immunization records is one as you get an updated immunization record. Um, keeping a copy of that is really important. Um, military service, I believe it's called the DD-214. And my husband, who's a, um, a veteran, whenever we've gone to purchase a home or for whatever reason, through VA stuff, he has had to produce this um, record. And he got out of the Marines like in the 1990s. So even 30 years ago, he still has to produce this document. So that's definitely sort of a keep forever. Any kind of like wills. Um, I did like a very general search. Like when I've done some coaching classes on this and stuff, I've had people sort of correct me. But again, it's okay. Like, I have in here W-2s, but do you need to keep the W-2s from your, you know, first job when you were 16 and you're now 34? Probably not. It's probably okay to let some of those go. Um, power of attorneys and, you know, any kind of real estate records. Um, this is something, you know, sometimes you might, you don't have to keep the entire thing. If you sold, you know, if you again, sold a home and you've moved on and purchased a new home and everything's been paid and stuff. Um, you don't have to keep everything for years. I would say keep things from a, for a few months. I do, my other business is in real estate. So I during, do encourage people to kind of hang on to that paperwork for a little time because things do kind of pop up from time to time, even after a transaction has closed. 
But um, seven years in here, I have like canceled checks. We don't really get canceled checks. But again, this is sort of a generational um, thing that I did encounter. So that's why I have it included in here. Um, most banks, if not all, have a digital form of checks if you're still writing checks. And I still find myself writing an occasional check or so. But this is something that I did encounter. So if you are say my mom's generation, um, baby boomers, and you're holding on to checks, please let them go if they're more than seven years old. And the only reason I say that is because I think that had something to do with like tax law. So do a little bit of an internet research if you're holding on to canceled checks that are still sitting around in your, your paperwork. Um, tax return documentation. Again, um, I encourage you to reach out to whoever does your taxes and ask them what their thoughts are on, on how long you should keep any tax kind of documentation. Pay stubs, one to two years. In the one to two year category, also um, just anything again, I always say like tax related because a lot of our paperwork kind of does have relate to taxes. Um, and until a new one arrives, like, it, I mean, this like bills, like there's no reason to keep your power bill from six months ago, unless you're like keeping track. And if you're keeping track for a year, and I know a lot of um, power companies do that, where they'll then give you an average. So your bill's the same every month. That is okay. But for the most part, until the new one arrives, there's no reason to keep you know, old insurance records or anything like that. So there is sort of a one to two year mark that's on here until paid or sold off. I always like to tell the story, bless her heart of the this brilliant, brilliant client I had, brilliant woman, but talk about an overthinker when it came to paperwork in her home office. Um, she was a retired medical professional, like one of the best in her field. And as we were going through, um, her son, who was, I think, in his late 20s or early 30s, she had purchased him a bike when he was 12. And she had kept the receipt and really struggled with letting go of this receipt. So I just, you know, we had to walk through the process of like, if you don't own it anymore, it's okay. You generally don't need to keep documentation for stuff that you don't own. And you might chuckle out there, but like, we all have some stuff that we keep and hang on to for some reason. So I'm just giving you permission. Like if you've sold an item or you no longer own it, you probably don't have to keep any kind of receipts or documentation with that. So just just giving you a little permission there. Um, and then as long as you own kind of falls into the same category as as long as you haven't sold it or gotten rid of it. But here in the U.S., our tax day is April 15th. So going on to the tax preparation checklist. So this is just something, and again, I worked with a lot of small business owners um, as clients, and this is kind of a checklist to go through just to help kind of keep you um, ahead of the game when it comes to your taxes. Uh, I will say this with labeling your archive, when it comes to taxes, I have that in my green section and I just have taxes. That's it. I don't put the year because again, 
Am I going to really go and sit down and change that label every single year? Likely not. So what I do is actually have two. So stuff that was in the previous year's taxes goes behind it. And then the current year that I'm in that I have not filed, all of that paperwork goes in front. And then as we file taxes for 2022, my 2021 taxes will go into an archive box bin that I keep with all my small um, business paperwork and documentation. I will move 2022, how am I saying this? 2021 into that back folder and then start a new one for collecting 2023. Whatever, you get what I'm saying. (laughs) I think I mixed up the years there. But again, I know for a lot of people, it's really important our taxes are very complicated for some reason. And so this is just sort of a checklist to help kind of keep you on track. So that is the final page. One thing that I did want to cover that does come up a lot is that when people say, well, I've always wanted to become completely like paper-free and get digital, everything digitized. Um, What do you think about the scanning, you know, scanning stuff in? Here's what I say. It is extremely time consuming. And I mean, unless you're like scanning, I mean, you you are really on it, which there are people that are. Um, I've encountered a few people in my life that are like, they love it. They're on top of it. It is, I mean, they get a business card, they're scanning it into their phone, they have the app. Unless you're really going to... Um, practice and utilize that on a regular basis and you're really going to take the time to understand those systems and those applications and really apply those to your life, I say just stick with this system. Keep it simple. Um, there, you know, there's just a lot that can happen. Like if you put stuff on your desktop on your computer or your laptop and you lose it, you know, what happens to all those documents if you haven't uploaded them to a cloud system. I mean, they're actually pretty complex. So um, that was the one thing when people did call me with my professional organizing business and I would just say, no, we don't do that. It just was not anything I was really interested in. I did research it. I went out priced systems. I really tried to follow people who were doing them and they were just so time consuming, especially to get up and started. Once you have a system in place, they're fantastic. But um, for the most part, um, a lot of people just aren't going to stick with it. So I I would just um, decline on that. And I don't use any of them myself. So, oh, I, I use Dropbox. I use Dropbox just to upload stuff for my desktop Um up into a cloud system. That is that is the one system that I use for it, but I don't do it for everything. It's mostly just for business. But anyway, tell me what you think. Give me some feedback. Send me an email though. Send me an email, oneorganizedmom at gmail.com. If you've purchased this and you're like, whoa, wait, what about this section? What about this area? Or again, send me a DM on One Organized Mama Instagram and I'll scan read it um, and definitely take your suggestions. But is there an area that I didn't cover? Is there something that should be added to this guide? This is definitely, again, something that I want to keep updated. 
Um, I hope to have maybe a more updated version in the future, but I definitely wanted to get this out because it is, I know, a hot topic for many and something that a lot of you guys have asked for help for. So go over to my Etsy store, download this. It's really inexpensive. It's less than $20. Um, keep it as a reference on your computer, um, implement it. And again, one last thing I want to say, it's your habits that keep you organized. Once a week to declutter that drop zone, I would encourage you to do once a month for your to-dos. Make sure you've gone through all of your to-do paperwork, active paperwork, at least every 30 days. So you may want to put another reminder on your phone. And about once every year is good to go through and kind of declutter your act, or excuse me, your archive, so your filing system. So hopefully it helps you out. Hopefully you've gotten a few nuggets to implement into your life in this. So look forward to hearing from you guys. And thank you for listening to the One Organized Mama podcast.